evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Moulihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode. This month is the request month, and this month is Look Well. With me at always is TV's Noah Houlihan. What did you just say? With me as always is TV's... With you as always. The car thieves are still with the cars! <laughs> This week we're doing the Adam West pilot, Look Well, which was written by uh, Robert Smeagol and Conan O'Brien. Yeah, the Conan O'Brien. And Robert Smeagol, who's uh, best known for uh, TV Funhouse. And Oh, really? Yeah, it's that guy. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Also uh, produced by Lorne Michaels. Yes. And E.W. Swackhammer? Oh, the Swacks? Which... That's, I thought, the, that's the wrong part of the name, if I wanted to call him by a nickname. If his name was Swackhammer. Well, I, <laughs> I was thinking about how, like, that's the name of the villain in Space Jam. Is it? Yes. Swackhammer? Did not know that. The, the, like, the The guy who the runs more on Mountain, yeah. What if that's a shot at the Swags? I, I don't know, because I didn't do a lot of Space Jam research for this episode, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, Understandable. Yeah, I uh, I did research on Look Well, which is the thing we're doing. But yes. I did notice when we were watching Look Well that the uh, producer was Swackhammer. And that's uh, Space Jam Thoughts. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for what could be. That could be what's after. We haven't said what's after Stay Doomed. It could be Space Jam Thoughts. We don't. We don't know. Oh, like that podcast. It's the Star Wars minute. Yeah, we'll just do a minute. We're gonna of watch Space a Jam. minute of Space Jam and talk about it. This is not a bad idea. I don't hate it. <laughs> is it coming soon? You don't know. Just stay tuned here to stay doomed. So we're gonna talk about Look Well now. Which, if you haven't seen it, link is in the description. Give it some time. Yeah, it's it's, wor- it's one episode. It's worth your time. It stars Adam freaking West as Ty Lookwell. An actor who is famous for one role. And he's a method actor. He plays Adam West. Adam West as Adam West. Yeah, like, I, I would have liked this show more if he was just Adam West. Because instead of the role being Batman, it's some cop detective. And there's a running gag that I, I can't remember. The running gag, he played Bannigan. Bannigan. And because in the 70s, those shows were kind of a dime a dozen... Those, like, P.I.-type shows, uh, they mix him up with other ones. Presented to Ty Lookwell, TV's Brannigan. Bannigan. Hugh O'Brien was Brannigan. Who's Hugh O'Brien? Exactly. Oh, okay. I thought what they were saying was, in this show, there was a character named Bannigan and Brannigan. I was like, that's confusing. No, they're, I mean, they're all made up shows gotcha. okay but that's why he says like no you were the one with the black secretary no that was bannigan i was the one with the sheepdog oh okay all right that makes a little like bit it's more all because there were so many of those pi type shows where there was like magnum pi and tj hooker and like all of those shows that were one guy yes 
solving crimes. So he is a washed up actor. Yes. That used to be a PI detective on one of these shows. He's a method actor, but he's also a, what's the word they use for? Honorary member of the police force. So he also tries to solve crimes. It's a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot going on here. He uh, he was deputized at the height of his fame. Right. So what happens is like, you know how you'll get the the, the classic key to the city? Mm-hmm. Well, the city he lives in deputized him to the police force. Right. But Lookwell takes that to mean he's a cop. Yes. So we open on a an audition that he is on. Yes. For Happy Days, the next generation. <laughs> and I love this. He shows up in costume. In like an exaggerated Arthur Fonzarelli pompadour. Uh, uh, he looks like the the ghost from Big Bad Beetleborgs. I'm I'm gonna look up a picture of this because uh, <laughs> I did not watch Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, you weren't into Big Bad Beetleborgs? No. Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh God. Flabber, holy crap, he does. Yeah, that's what he like. His face isn't blue, but that's what he's dressed as. Also, I seeing Flabber uh, awoke memories that I probably had repressed <laughs> about Big Bad Beetleborgs. Yeah, it turns out I do totally know what this is uh, because I've seen Flabber before, and holy crap, he's terrifying. Yes, he's horrifying. So oh, that's God. That's how he's dressed, and as someone who grew up in the theater, you know that one of the number one rules is... Never go to an audition in costume. Exactly. And, like, he's surrounded by people younger than him and not in costume. Yeah, and, like, for Happy Days, it's really easy to come as, like, a greaser but not in costume. You just come in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's also not a costume... Like, did you have an audition outfit that you used to wear to auditions? I I didn't have an audition outfit, but I had a this is an important comedy show outfit. Yeah? Yes. It was like my good jeans. It was a brown shirt that had like a design and a lizard on it and a like a checkerboard shirt over shirt with a collar that I wore over it but open. And that's what you wore to important shows. Yeah. Did you wear that at Catch a Rising Star? I'm, I almost can guarantee you that's what I wore. I can almost guarantee that almost every old DVD I have, I'm in my costume. (laughs) So that would have been the thing you were wearing the first night I ever saw you. No wonder I didn't like try to talk to you after the show. What is wrong with that outfit? (laughs) A checkered shirt? Like... Like not like not like a checkerboard. Oh, okay. not like not like I was coming out with rainbow suspenders. Like <laughs> who's ready to laugh, guys? That's no. what I was picturing. No, like like it was a shirt. It was a collared shirt, but like was not meant to be buttoned. It was meant to just be open, and it had like a design on it that was like squares. I'm now like gonna try to find it. <laughs> I, I will do this off uh, Yeah, off do mic. it off mic. This is not for the listeners. I'm going to post a picture of it in the podcast. 
So if you like Stay Doomed on Facebook, uh, I will find and post a picture of this costume. I look good. I look really good. That being said, I want to point out the fact that the show is Happy Days The Next Generation, implying it would not be that time period that he's dressed up for. That's true. (laughs) And this was peak next generation shows. Like, Star Trek The Next Generation was solidly in the middle of its run when this aired. So, like, this was that, like, second... This is when a lot of shows were kind of doing that second win. I think this was, like, just before Cheers would turn into Frasier. That kind of thing. Right, right. It's just, it's... I want to point out that, like, we are about three minutes in. Yeah. And, like, how many jokes there are that are completely nonverbal. Yes, and, like... Just, like, pay attention, and this is hilarious. They're also, like, the kind of thing... That the closer you are to one of the communities that they're talking about, like, we know that you don't go to an uh, audition in costume. You don't. Right. My audition outfit used to be a black t-shirt, jeans, and absurd uh, tragedy and comedy mask socks. Cool. That you couldn't see, but they were my lucky socks. That's pretty good. Ask me how much I got cast in college. How much do you? How often you get cast in college? Not enough to call those socks lucky. All right. <laughs> so he kind of there's these two guys that are like amazed that look well is there. Yeah, these two younger actors who like know who he is and they're a li- a little starstruck, I guess. Yeah. So they walk him to his car, and they like they open the door for him, which I thought was weird. I mean, I guess they're trying to brown nose. A uh, a celebrity. Yeah, but like, a car that nice I would never touch. Yes, that's true. Uh, because I remember having friends that worked at gas stations. And it is unlawful to pump your own gas in New Jersey. Correct. But if you show up with a really nice car, the gas station attendants usually like, I understand, I'm not allowed to touch it. It's beautiful. Yes. And, um, I, but like, we talk about this at conventions a lot how there's people who are very 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 famous in one very very specific place yeah and like you get the impression that look well isn't as as famous as he once was true true. but he's probably the most famous person these two kids have seen yes so he drives away in this beautiful car and then he's taking it back to the lot yeah he and rented this beautiful it car. It turns out he rented it. And it's $50 for two hours. Right. Which, kind of a steal. Yeah. It, like I, I was immediately like, if I could rent a really nice car to just drive around for $25, I would do that for an hour. Yeah, for like a wedding? For a day. <laughs> oh, I just meant like for, like, for your car that takes you to the reception. Yeah. Because you know what's not $25 an hour? A DeLorean. Very true. So. I looked. Uh, there's this exchange where it's like, uh, it's going to be $50 for two hours. And he's like, ah, I have it for an hour 45. He's like, ah, we round up. Great way of saying like, Lookwell is very poor. Yeah, Lookwell is haggling because he doesn't have a lot of money. And this is where he learns that some of the cars have been stolen off the lot. Yes. So we've planted the seed that this car thief is going around, and it's in the back of Lookwell's mind. Yes. 
Mr. Lookwell goes back to home then. And we, um, we hear his voicemail, and this is important, well, his answering machine. This is pre-voicemail, this is 1991. Yes. He lives with, I couldn't figure out if it was his son or just a younger person. I, like, right. missed that line. Uh, but his son is a popular actor who is, look, who is like, sought after. They're, his name is Matt, because I remember them calling for Matt. Right. And it was like an agent desperately calling Matt, trying to book him for the Happy Days, the Next Generation audition, which is probably where Lookwell found out about the audition. Yeah, that makes sense. So he's living with and possibly off his son. Okay. But his son is not seen. Yeah, I, but I, like I, a, I've completely missed this. Yeah, his voicemails, if you, um, if you listen to them, are... Agents trying to contact someone they're seeking, which is not Lookwell. Hello. If you'd like to leave a message for Ty Lookwell or for the Ty Lookwell Actors Workshop or for my nephew Matt Conway, do so at the beep. This is for Matt Conway. Matt, this is Carol at Francis Coppola's office. We loved your audition. Please give us a call. Hey, Matt, it's Rick. I got you a meeting with Kevin Costner at 3 o'clock. Let me know if you can make it. I'm looking for Matt. This is Francis Coppola. I'll try again later. Matt, it's Rick again. Look, the Spielberg thing has to be tomorrow, so I'm going to cancel that Happy Days audition. I know. You're crushed. Okay, I think I was too busy laughing, because during this scene, he went and got himself a popsicle? Yes. <laughs> and I forget what it was called. Do you have what it was called? But it was a pop... Oh, I had the... Um, no, I had the motto written down well the motto is the popsicle for tightening loose skin yes <laughs> um yeah i forget the exact name of it but he's just eating this popsicle that's supposed to de-age him yeah like it's i i don't even know how the science it's a good visual gag though like but yeah like this is the kind of thing that the show excels in is there's multiple things going on at the same time like I was listening to the voicemails, and they're they're seeking out this younger actor, and they're trying to book him for this Happy Days the Next Generation audition. Okay, that's good subtle storytelling of like and we he don't, stole his son's audition, and we don't see Matt, which is right. good because it's a pilot, and I kind of like that. Like maybe we would meet Matt later. Yeah, you could do some good like stunt casting there. Yeah, because this is what ninety one. Yes, like so you can get like a. Like a... Michael Keaton. Mike, What? Michael yeah. Keaton? Yeah, if Adam West is Lookwell. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, see? No, that's not crazy at all. I thought you were about to say, like, it was gonna be Michael Keaton. No. I was gonna, my mind was gonna explode. They never... They <laughs> Nothing I found had a casting idea. I, I'm gonna guess they didn't get far enough to cast or even write in Matt. Um... So he says, I'm going to watch some TV. And he opens a cabinet and it's full of film canisters, not VHS, film canisters of Bannigan. Of Bannigan. I love this because many, many moons ago, I talked about this on the old podcast. I was writing a script called Ben Affleck Must Die. Oh, I remember this. Where Ben Affleck plays himself. And that was the opening scene that I wrote was him getting up. There was just movie posters that he was in 
and then movie posters he was not in with his face over different characters. And then he would sit down and just put in a DVD of his own movies. We see a really good segue here of Lookwell sits down to watch Bannigan. And we see the full intro of Bannigan. And it's cheesy. Yeah. It's a very 70s cop show. Right. And then it transitions into his acting workshop. Because he runs a little method acting workshop. And that's yeah. clearly where his income comes from. Well, he, he's trying to teach you how to do this one line. And each of us will do our best version of this line. You're going to do time labor. Hard time. Get him out of my sight. <laughs> You're gonna do time, Liran. Hard time. In those lines, I had to convey both anger and triumph. A sense of disgust with Liran and all he represented, as well as reaffirmation that the balance of nature would be restored. I served, if you will, as both magistrate and messenger. You're gonna do time. Hard time. It's pretty good. I think that was. I think I nailed it. You're gonna do time. Hard time. Man, it's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, this show. You don't watch it. Uh, you're going to because you would love it. Uh, this scene reminded me of Barry a little bit. Okay. Uh, which is funny because Happy Days: The Next Generation. The acting teacher is Henry Winkler. Right, and Barry. Right. So, like, I was... That, like, connection clicked for me of, like, making fun of the craft of acting. And as someone who has studied acting, um, there's a lot to make fun of in studying acting. Right. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, it is. So, they're clearly, like, his group of confidants. We only get to know two of them well. And we get to know one of them so not well, I have to look up her name. We only learn two of their names. We learn Jason and Miss Royster. We don't learn her first name. Oh, cool. Well, clearly, she, she's clearly set up that we are going to learn her first name. Yes. And this is where, I forget the line that uh, one of his students says, but that's where Lookwell has one of his, like, mental putting the pieces together. I was attempting to summon my life experience and transport it to the Earl of Kent situation. Wait a minute. What did you say? I was just talking, sir, about my technique. No, no. Transport it. Those stolen cars are being transported to another country. Mr. Lookwell? Sorry. Used to play detective. Mind can't help but make deductions. So then, Lookwell dips out on his own class and rolls up to the police station like he owns the place. Yep. And the cop on duty is like, you need to not. Yeah, please stop doing this, Mr. Lookwell. And then another cop comes in and turns out he's the technical advisor from Bannigan. Well, I love that he has a badge that he kept in his pocket, 
but it's an honorary badge, so it's in, like, a square crystal. Yes. And he slams it on the table. Like, look at me. I'm an honorary cop. Yeah, it's like a trophy. <laughs> it, it's meant to be on a shelf display. Yeah, exactly. That should be in a museum. But it looks so heavy, and it's just in his pocket. <laughs> it's that very good Smeagol O'Brien comedy. Like, that absurdity. Yeah. So... The technical advisor just kind of puts up with it, and he's like, look, well, you need to stop. And this starts, the next thing we see is Lookwell posing as a car repairman, going yes. to the chop shop to see if he can uh, infiltrate the chop shop. Yeah, because he's going to, he's assuming that the cars are being stolen, and, no, no, I remember it now. Originally, he thought they were being sold overseas. Yes. <laughs> And, but they're imported cars. Yeah, the cars are imported. And then he's he's like, oh, they're probably painting them so that they go missing and they're not the same color. So he joins this auto body uh, place and is painting cars and he starts on the bumper. <laughs> he also rolls up in like white Maytag man coveralls. <laughs> like he doesn't look like a, he looks like a milkman. Yes. It's wonderful. And he's trying to get the people he works for. He's trying to get the people who work for the chop shop to trust him. Yeah, to trust him. So he, he's trying to use like slang of like. Oh, Phil. If there's anything else you'd care for me to do, just let me know. Huh? What do you mean? Oh, you know, any special jobs that need extra attention? And they just think he's gay. Yeah, they think he's, like, not only gay, but, like, maybe a gay sex worker. Yeah. Like, it kind of comes off as he's trying to proposition them, but also be paid. Well, what cracks me up about it is they're looking at each other. And they're like, is he gay? I'm not into that. And look well, unfazed, just keeps going. Just like, I'm up for anything. And I can be discreet. And they just keep going, no! It's insane. But this is the first of, I believe, three of these sequences. Yes. And these sequences are clearly intended to be the bread and butter of the show. Yeah, exactly. He's, it's kind of like supposed to be this like pretender vibe where he's undercover. But sucks at it. So then we see Miss Royster doing her soliloquy. And... They decide, they realize that there's, like, a luxury car race. Yes. And they try to sneak, he takes Jason this time. Yes. And they try to sneak into this car race. And first they try to charm their way in. Well. (laughs) He poses as a renowned race car driver. Yeah, as a renowned race car driver. But it looks like he's going to drive a car from the 1930s. Yeah, I got like, I kept thinking of like Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Yes! Like, this show is very funny. And then when that doesn't work, uh, he essentially goes, look over there, and tries to climb it. He doesn't even like, he runs into it because he's got no strength. He's just like, gah! And then they just stop him. And the next thing we see is him in jail with Jason and. Jason appears to be getting roughed up by these two larger inmates. And, like, Lookwell is totally fine with it. 
And then it turns out to be an acting exercise. Oh, that's right. They are, they're in prison, and his friend is literally being passed back and forth between inmates. Yeah, like being pushed back and forth. But it's an act- acting exercise, and it's, uh, Jason has to loosen his body. And then he's like, he compliments the two yeah. inmates and says they have, like, a good quality about them. Yeah, it was a good trust exercise. It's just... It's fantastic. Uh, turns out, in an alternate cut, we see those two again. Oh, really? Yeah, it didn't make the original pilot, but they did re-air the show in 2003, and, like, that's what gave the show its, like, weird second life. Oh, why would they, why they re-air it? Just because it's a novelty, or? Yes. Oh. Weird. And, um, because this, this was a big tape trading. Yes. Because, Adam, like... Conan O'Brien and Robert Smeagol ended up being names. So then this became, like, their Heat Vision and Jack. Like, their... Look at this old project they did. And Adam West is a name attached right. to it. So it became a keep circulating the tapes kind of deal. Gotcha. So that's why Trio re-aired it. But they had some alternate cuts because they couldn't get the music rights to some things. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, but we were going to see these two again in an alternate cut. Okay. That was a little longer. Okay. So... The next thing they do is uh, they try to crash a home. They, they decide that it's an inside job, and they decide the guy who runs the luxury car lot is the thief. Yeah. And they try to crash this homelessness fundraiser in one of my favorite scenes from this or any comedy. Uh, Miss Royster is his date. Right. And Jason's the valet. Miss Royster is, like, supposed to talk up everybody she can... Because she's young and attractive and, like, men will trust a young, attractive woman. And Lookwell is acting like a homeless person. Yes. Good evening. I have a home. Hello, nice to be indoors. Hi there. Sidewalk is my pillow. And, he, and he's holding a bindle. Yes. Like, it, which is the, that, like, stick with the thing on the end. That's called a bindle. Uh, he... Looks like, I don't know why, but it immediately made me think of Waiting for Godot. Okay. <laughs> I get that. Just that type of aesthetic. It's definitely that, like, uh, 30s hobo clown. Yes. And he's got some, he's still completely clean shaven. Yeah. And he has dirt on his face that I can only summarize as Les Miserables. <laughs> like you know when you see a production of really any show with poor people in it but Les Miserables always stands out where they have just kind of like artful dark eyeshadow across their face that's clearly supposed to be dirt because they're hobos he has a little bit of this as like contouring yeah he's, he's not doing the best job here but man is he trying so he's trying to Outwit the car dealership. And he owner. finds out what car he brought there. Yes. He brought a Jaguar? Yeah, a black Jaguar. Yes. So then, Lookwell goes to where uh, Jason is waiting as the valet, and he's gonna full horror movie hide in the backseat. Yes, and then catch him. Yeah, catch him in the act. <laughs> I think he calls it a sting operation. <laughs> no, someone else calls what happens a sting operation. Oh, okay. Later in the episode. Um... So, Lookwell hides in the back seat, and then 
the owner of the luxury car lot screams. Yeah, like, while he's about to start hiding, they get caught doing this. And Lookwell has Jason steal the car. Yeah, it's just like, new plan, get in the car, let's get out of here. This isn't a plan. Yeah, and then, uh, I'm not a car thief, I'm an actor. Which is one of my favorite lines in this or any comedy. And they end up getting caught and they go back to the luxury car lot. Yes. Like, under the direction of Lookwell. He's like, the cops are following us. He's like, good, we're going to go right to their hideout. And he doesn't know where they're hiding out. He's being a crazy person. Right. So they end up back at the used car lot or the luxury car lot. And it turns out an employee is behind the car thieves. Yes, because they find him there. Car thefts. Yes. They find him there when they crash through the gates. And uh, they're like, why are you here? It's like, uh, uh, inventory. And they quickly put together that he's stealing a car. Because the Black Jaguar at the museum was supposed to be the sting operation. It was oh. supposed to lure out the car thief because it was this nice car at the museum. And that was supposed to be the sting operation. The police were planning the sting operation. Yes. Right, okay. And Lookwell ruined it, but he was partially right because it was an inside job and he led them right to the thief. So Lookwell is now completely confident in his abilities. Yes. And he looks at the guy and goes, you're gonna do time. Hard Hard time. time. Which was clearly gonna be like a catchphrase in the series. I don't know if it was going to be a catchphrase or if just every episode we'd see a different clip from his show. Oh my god, I would love that. That he would then tie into the end of the episode. I hope we got to see the sheepdog. <laughs> so this ran... Uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. This is important. So this, um, this was done as a pilot. And the NBC executive, it was his favorite pilot. Like this was gonna go to series. And then he died. Oh, and really? And was replaced... And by the Joker. (laughs) Well, this is like an old trope of whenever a network executive is replaced, all of the old projects go right out the window because the new executive wants credit for everything. Right. As you may have seen in like 30 Rock. Right, right. So this ran one night, July 28th, 1991, as a summer burnoff on like a Saturday night death slot. Hmm. Out of the 92 shows that were Nielsen rated that week, Lookwell was 92nd. It came in dead last? Dead last. Um, Conan O'Brien joked that it tied with a test pattern in Nova Scotia. (laughs) And this is the kind of show that I think needed a little more room to breathe and would have needed, like, an actual airing? Yeah. Uh, Adam West loved this project. He was all in... Apparently he rolled up to the writer's room after going for like a long walk and like shorts and a cowboy hat. And he's like, I figured out, I figured out the part. (laughs) So Adam West was like Adam Westing. And uh, Smeagol does not necessarily think it would have run very long. Okay. The concept, it was a single camera comedy in a time where like it was sitcoms. True, true. And this is not a show where, like, you sit around with your family and watch. No, this is a deeply weird show that you have to be paying attention to. Yes. And when it found its weird second life, like, as a tape trader show and then was re-aired on Trio, uh, there was interest in making a Look Well movie. 
Okay. But there was a really, really important reason it didn't happen. Oh, I know what it's going to be. No, it's that they didn't want to cast that. The executives didn't want Adam West. They wanted a bigger star. What? I hate this man. They wanted Nicolas Cage. Boo! And O'Brien refused to do it without Adam West. It, it, like, you can't do this show with Adam West, without was Adam West. literally what Conan O'Brien said. They said, like, this will not work without Adam That's West. That's why it's so funny. Yes, like, Conan O'Brien was like, no, this show straight up won't work without I, Adam West. I legit thought you were going to be like, Adam West then passed away and they couldn't do it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I... Yeah, you can't... Oh, oh... Nicholas Cage? I'm actually, like, I'm glad we're doing it this week because this is, uh, a couple of days ago was the second anniversary of Adam West's passing. Right. And I am incredibly fond of Adam West. Love Adam West. Uh, I, he, that was my first Batman. Like, I watched old Adam West Batman. Me too. On Nick, because Nick at Night used to run it. Yeah, I watched it a lot on FX. For a while, it was the only thing that FX had. Right. But, like. I remember being six, seven, eight years old and Nick at Night used to run it. It used to be like the first thing Nick at Night would run. Mm-hmm. So they'd get that like borderline. Yeah, I re- like I remember being very young watching it on Nick at Night and then like being able to really appreciate it. Because they'd run it over the summer. Because I remember it being Nick at Night but still being light out. Yeah. And I was, Batman was my thing when I was in like high school, early college. So like... I have multiple copies of the 1966 Batman movie because for some reason everybody thought I didn't own it. So I, I have like a, a number of copies of it. And I was privileged enough to get to meet Adam West yes. at a convention and he signed a, uh, a Life magazine with him on the cover that I dumpster dove. Um, so I like... I found it in, like, a rummage bin somewhere. I was like, yeah. this is mine. And then I paid $40 to have Adam West sign it. Yeah. And he was look well. Like, he was... Yeah, he sang to you. He did. He was, like, a little crazy, and I loved him. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, the, we said this was a request month. I really wanted to do this Yeah, one. this, this was like, Laura's request. I really love Adam West. And the other thing I'm going to put you through is Daisy of Love, so I also wanted something you'd enjoy. Yeah. A- Adam West is a treasure. It's... A shame that, like, so many of his shows were, like, close to happening and then didn't because there was supposed to be a Family Guy spinoff. Was was, there? That was just the Adam West show. Oh, my God. That would have been... I might have even watched that, and I don't particularly care for Seth MacFarlane. To be honest, it it might have been before Family Guy that they were working on this. Oh, that would have been great. Actually. And, like, Adam West, in my opinion, was the best part of Family Guy. For yes. a long time. And I loved the Batman the Animated Series episode he's on. Oh, The yeah. Grey Ghost. Where he's the Grey Ghost. So good. Yeah, I absolutely adore that. Maybe our next podcast should be every episode we watch a Batman. Like, like a movie or a series and we just talk about the different interpretations of Batman. Maybe that's what's coming after Stay Doomed. You don't know! Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. So, but if you'd rather us just do that, <laughs> you can leave us a comment. Uh, so, anything else about Lookwell? No, there's not a lot of research on it, just because it was a burnt... Like, there's actually a surprising amount of information of burn-off, and uh, the, the rip on YouTube is charming. 
It has the commercials. It has these like fantastic 80s or early 90s pizza commercials. So if you watch it on YouTube, you're like kind of getting that extra experience. A little something something extra. It's great. It's very special. You got to give it a verdict. Oh, stay tuned. Stay tuned? I would have happily watched more of this show. I think a little more time would have only improved it. Because there were a couple characters we didn't see that were mentioned. Uh, We could have clearly met Matt, the younger actor he lives with. We didn't get to know Hyacinth, his um, his domestic servant, yeah. um, his personal assistant. I I didn't really, you couldn't get from her four or five lines what their relationship was. Right. But she was like a personal assistant or a domestic. I wasn't sure what her exact position was in his life because they right. don't. But like, we clearly would have seen more of that relationship. We would have gotten to know more of the students. Yeah. So I, I think this 100% stay tuned. What about you? I loved it. I thought it was very entertaining. It's a stay doomed for me. Boo. Uh, because I I, ha- I was like, what, what's bugging me about this? And it hit me when Lorne Michael hit the screen. And I was like, oh, this is a really good idea for a Saturday Night Live sketch. But there's enough there that it needs to be more than a Saturday Night Live sketch. But I don't think there's enough here for a series. The movie might have been, if they'd made the movie with Adam West, it might have been a great movie. I think a movie is perfect for it. As a matter of fact, there is a movie called Mindhorn that's on Netflix that is almost the exact same premise. Except I believe the the gimmick with Mindhorn was he had some sort of psychic ability. Okay. Uh, And now he's just that actor, the actor who played Mindhorn, running around and like trying to solve a crime with acting power. All right, I I would be down for that. Yeah, I I wanted to see it. I I never took the time to see it. It's the guy from The Mighty Boosh. Yeah, then, I so it's that very special type of comedy. Yeah, that I mean that sounds really fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely on my to-do list. It's British. And uh the other thing that I want to say about this is I constantly got the feeling like it was supposed to be Adam West playing Adam West. Because, I like, think back to that very first couple scenes. Imagine instead of people saying, look well, people were like, Adam West? That, yeah, I, I imagine there were rights issues with Batman. Yeah, and then, like, like, imagine, like, he goes to get into his car and it's the Batmobile. Oh my god. And then it turns out he's just renting the Batmobile. And then they go to these student, uh, these uh, acting classes, and he's showing clips from Batman. That would be great. Also, that's a movie. And that reminds me. Did you notice what was in his house? The Shakespeare bust. Oh, I did not notice. Yeah, that's in there. That that was a piece of trivia I'd forgotten until you said that. But I want to bring this up. There is a movie where Adam West plays Adam West, and Dick Grayson plays. Or not Dick Grayson. Uh, Burt Ward. Burt Ward plays Burt Ward. And the Batmobile gets stolen. And it's the two of them getting the Batmobile back. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, so like, I think this concept is great. I really enjoyed it. But I feel like had this run a full season, it would have gotten canceled. We would have done it on this show. And after getting two, three, four episodes deep, 
it would have been one of those things where it's like, this is great. It's very clear why this got canceled. Yeah. Because I, th- it, keeping it fresh is something that I feel like was a missing component here. I think Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel might have been able to do it, but I can see where you would be stay doomed. I'm still yeah. a stay tuned for it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the stay doomed. I think it would have made a great movie. Uh, I want to watch the Adam West one where he plays himself. I want to watch Mindhorn. So like, I really like this concept, but. 14 episodes? No. All right. What do we want to next week? Uh, next week, we are watching something, uh, a Noah request. We are watching Joel Hodgson's The TV Wheel. Yes, The TV Wheel. Yeah, request month isn't just for you guys. It's also we, for us. Yeah, we have things that like didn't fit into a theme that we wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, there are things on the list of when we came up with this podcast that we want to check off before we're done. Dating so It's coming, it's coming. I know. So we're going to watch the television wheel, which I've, I've never actually seen, but I've had a f- few interviews I listened to with Joel, and it's such a weird idea that yeah. I can't wait to enjoy. All right. Where can people uh, get in touch with us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. Yeah, go ahead and keep keep making suggestions, because we're not sure what we're doing next. Yeah. So, yeah, pick something short. (laughs) It's easier. Uh, And where can people see us live? Um, So, you can see us live this weekend at the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. Or Fourth of July weekend, we'll be in Morristown, New Jersey for Dexcon. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So, come out and see us. It's always, always super fun. If... You want to talk to me about projects where actors play themselves, because I find it hilarious. I'm at TV's Noah. If you have touching personal stories about Adam West, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. I'll take your stories about Adam West as well. I love Adam West. I love him so much.